Hey everybody, this is John with Ubaldi Reports, the fact not fiction website that provides content and analysis on issues facing America, whether internationally and domestically. With me is always is my co-host Joe Bitts, combat Marine who served in Iraq and was wounded, is medically retired. With me is also is Ray Krause, who's a Marine veteran who was medically retired from the Marine Corps and I served 30 years in the Marines with combat tours to both Iraq and to Afghanistan. Now, before we talk, the whole crux of tonight's podcast is going to be what we've been hearing in the news is a lot of Democrats are getting nervous about Joe Biden being the nominee in 2024. So the topic is going to be, if not Joe Biden, then who? But before we get started, we're going to talk a little bit about the recent Supreme Court ruling today that overturned a New York state law as it regards to the concealed carry. So let's, I'm going to turn it over to Ray. Ray will give you a little brief, and then we'll kind of dis- discuss what the Supreme Court meant by this ruling. So, Ray, what, give us a little insight about that ruling. So, basically, New York State, they came across a bill a couple years ago, actually, that they pretty much said that the Second Amendment stops at your door. That means if you went outside... With a firearm, whether if it was loaded or unloaded, it counted as carrying a concealed firearm or openly carrying a firearm, depending on what you were doing. So what happened was that was fought. What wound up happening officially was two people were denied their concealed carry in the state of New York, and that led to a journey of fighting for not just concealed carrying, but making sure that the Second Amendment wasn't weakened and inside the house just sort of amendment where it was just a protection in your house and that's not the point of the second amendment all right i want to break in here for a second is that does this does this kind of fall under like a red flag law like they weren't they didn't get it because they or is it just because new york wanted to be a bunch of buttholes and be like no not you no so basically what this was this was an attempt by a state government to gain more power and have the people with less power sort of ordeal here. And basically what happened was today we found out that the people won because it's an amendment for the people, not for the government. And we should not be asking the government permission to be using our rights. And that's ultimately what they tried to do was they took away the whole license. They took away a lot of things and they just went, hey, you're not going to carry outside your house or establishment. Or And pretty much that's how we ended up here. Well, the whole crux of the issue was New York State doesn't like the Second Amendment. So they can't outrightly ban all firearms. So what do they do the next step? They make it such a prohibitive aspect to get a firearm and what i think the uh, listen to a constitutional scholar i know i mentioned this person's name a thousand times so <laughs> was jonathan turley he's a constitutional scholar from george washington university and he said i believe the opinion was written by the majority opinion was written by clarence thomas and what clarence thomas said the second amendment is a right on equal footing as the First Amendment and the Fourth Amendment and other amendments in the Bill of Rights, meaning the first, the Second Amendment cannot be diminished or uh, to the other rights. So if you have the right to, to assemble, the right to free speech, the right to a freedom of the press, you can't 
as a government said, oh, I don't agree with that. So we're going to make you it harder for you to conduct free speech. We're going to make it harder for you to assemble. And that's how they ruled with the Second Amendment. Because if you look at the amendment, it's the Second Amendment says the rel, a well-regulated militia. Then it stops. And then it goes, but the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. That same verbiage, the right of the people, is also found in the Fourth Amendment, where it says the right of the people shall not be infringed in their person's place, papers, and all that stuff. Yep. So that's what the courts ruled on. You can't diminish a right that is fundamentally into in the Constitution. So we are getting a little bit of feedback on TikTok with Carajaz142, who's saying that it's not about the power. We don't want your effing guns over here. Go live in Florida. And... When it comes to maybe states' rights, I can maybe agree with her on that. Like if New York State wants to try to do this, but this is what happened and this is what it came down to. And maybe Kara can maybe elaborate like where she lives. I bet you people from New York State are more want this wanted this to go through more than people maybe in the city. Well, it'd be interesting because in New York they're doing, like at least um, the governor of New York, uh, Kathy Haskell, is they're doing everything to limit the exercise of the right to bear arms for law-abiding citizens. And maybe this has a lot to do with the uptick, the major uptick in violence permeated, especially in New York City. It seems like the criminals have access to all these guns and the private citizen doesn't. And there was an argument that said, well, this is coming in from other states has flown into my state. But the question I would ask is then why aren't those states where the weapons are coming from have the same level of violence that we see in New York City, Chicago, Milwaukee, and some of these other cities? Okay, and then another TikTok question, but I think this one we'd go more for Ray is, did it, didn't this all start from somebody just wanting to go to the range? It did happen. That was part of it. That individual was going to a range and he had his ammo separated from magazine, separated from firearm in a totally different compartment. Yeah, that individual was arrested for following the law yeah. of New York City laws, actually, because that's where that individual resided. But that was probably one of the greatest sparks. And then ultimately it led to two individuals totally being outright denied their right to carry a firearm. So maybe another question as well is that, can you, okay, it's a stupid question, but can you buy a gun in New York? Yes. Are there gun stores in New York? Yes. So if I didn't have like a concealed weapons permit or anything like that, could I go in, purchase a gun? You would have to have a license or a permit for a handgun, I believe in the state of New York. So prior to going there, okay. So, I mean- It just takes time. It is time. and like, okay, I know in Florida, you if you have a concealed carry permit... Three days, baby. Okay, hold on. When, <laughs> when you're in Florida, if you have a concealed carry permit, you can go to a gun store. If, do they still do the background check? Yep. And you can walk out that, do- that door the same day. I wonder how John knows all this. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but if you don't have a concealed... And this is even for law enforcement. If you don't have a concealed carry permit, you buy your weapon... Put a down payment. You buy your weapon. They fill out the background chip form. You have to wait five days, not including the weekend. So mm-hmm. basically, you got one week to come back and pick up your firearm. Well, it was like the same. I actually, 
I, I didn't have my concealed, but it was like the same like that. I thought rifles were kind of like immediate as well. I thought in the state of Florida, you wanted a rifle. Here's the money. Here's the no, rifle after the after like the background check. You no, know, the background check goes through, but if you don't have a concealed carry, you got to wait five days. Another thing I do want to add, and the importance of this ruling today, was they clarified the difference between may issue, shall issue, and constitutional carry. Okay. And today the okay. Supreme Court. Okay, hold on, hold on. Spell that out again for our listeners just so everybody knows what you mean by e- I was actually going to explain okay. it. Okay. So what a may issue is, was may issue is you have to bring evidence to a court, you have to present it in front of a judge, and you have to ask permission from the government, basically, to exercise your right. And that is totally against the entirety of the Second Amendment, and that's why they moved everything to actually shall issue, and shall issue is as long as you are in good conduct, in good standing with the law, you're not a convicted felon, you haven't done any domestic violence or none of that, you've passed your background check, shall issue state, they issue you a permit to carry. And then you go about that, you renew your license every whatever the years are in that certain state. That's a shall issue. Now, constitutional carry is there's no permit. There is nothing. You've passed the background check. You're good to carry. Uh, Some states are going to that. I can't remember which states there are. We have half of the country now. 25 states in this country are officially constitutional carry. Well, I know when this will come out, and this is what we'll... We'll well, ducktail into this one. Real quick, is constitutional carry open carry? States kind of... different. It, state. it, it does vary state to state. Are we constitutional carry in Florida? Not yet, but DeSantis is looking to do it. So once we do, and that kind of pushes us over the... Do we need 51 or 52? Or do we need 26 or 27 states in order to make it a federal... I don't know. That I don't know. I really I don't know. know. I could find out. Oh, of course you can. Uh, yeah. But I think it's more or less discretion of the state they, government. Correct. They let the, they defer that a lot to the states. That's the whole thing with the oh, like how they should all issues except for like my well, biggest question on that would be, since we use concealed carry permits down here to well, kind of get by that three day waiting period, if well, we move to the constitutional carry, are we all going to have to wait the three days? That I don't know. That's something that'll have to be answered. But. In ducktail into the topic of the, the podcast that we said at the beginning, now, President Biden was obviously against this ruling. He talked about violence and all that stuff. But the reason why I'm ducktailing or at least moving into that realm, there have been publications from Democratic media, media outlets like the New York Times, the Atlantic, and they've been pushing out information or stories that President Biden should declare that he's not going to run in 2024, especially after the midterms. There's many political experts and governmental experts or whoever, all the experts are saying that there's going to be a red wave if nothing changes between inflation and gas prices, which we don't expect them to change anytime soon. So, so it, we'll go, hold it. Yeah, go ahead. So the question becomes, should Biden run and if he doesn't run like david axelrod was the political advisor to barack obama he said president biden shouldn't run because of his age among other things and it's time for a much younger person so the question becomes who 
so I'm kind of like maybe seeing maybe in like a future wise, I think we're about to have like maybe a kind of civil war, but almost like ruin for your team where we're going to have like California versus Florida here and like the next election when Newsom wants to kind of step up to the plate and try to take the reins from President Biden. And then DeSantis is like, oh, no, you don't. Well, but see, the only thing I disagree with that with Newsom, just in David Axelrod, he made a comment that the one of the leading contenders should be Gavin Newsom of California because he's young. He's about 53 years old. If he's like the younger version of Ron DeSantis, who's 10 years his junior at 43, we're speculating that if it is Newsom, that nobody would look at the state of California. Yeah. Now, the state of California, everybody looks at what's the fifth largest economy. We got all that. But if you take Silicon Valley out, the state is horribly managed. You've got a massive homeless problem. Like one, th- I mean, think about this: over thirty percent of all welfare recipients in America are in California. Yeah. The vast majority of the homeless population is in California. Now, people could say, "Well, they got the biggest population, but they have the highest poverty rate. They have the highest welfare recipients." If you're a person of color, like black. Hispanic and other ethnic minorities, you do far worse in California than any state. So this is coming from the governor that wants to set up certain ways you can park in order to uh, be more greenhouse friendly. <laughs> is this the kind of, we kind of we did a podcast a while ago. It was called Biden's America, because if you want to know what Biden's America was look like, just go right to California. California exactly. Now. We have Newsom, who is would be the governor of California, and then you're just getting it again. And you know. well, okay, where I want to see is how we got to this point. The Democratic Party is really in a bad position, unseen. I would say since, if you look at history, they probably looked at where the Republicans were after. Franklin Roosevelt won his first term. They were demoralized. They were ju- they got destroyed in the elect in the election. The Democrats captured I mean, a supermajority in the Senate and in the House. That and the reason I say go back to that period because in 2008, when Hillary Clinton ran against Barack Obama and she lost, Barack Obama, when he became president, made her Secretary of State. Well, the the theory was. She after two after he did his two terms, she would run for president in 2016 and be coronated as the next president. The problem is the Clintons did everything they could to thin the herd. Anybody that was a threat, they did everything to get him out. They couldn't get support. Yeah. But then Barack Obama played a factor is he won in 08 and in 2012. But when his name wasn't on the ballot in 2010 and in 2014, his party got decimated at the polls. He lost after eight years statewide, I mean, nationally. They lost well over, I think, 1,100 to 1,200 seats. So you build your base at the governor's level or at the U.S. Senate level to get that name recognition. Yeah. So you go, so then you go into Trump, and Trump defeated Hillary. So that was like, the oh, outsider. crap. Now the other thing is, like David Axelrod mentioned Gavin Newsom. Well, Gavin Newsom's a very progressive. 
Then you've got these other progressive governors, like Governor Whitmer and uh, what do you call it? Again, then you have Governor Hochul in New York and others. They shut down their economy. Their economies did far worse, especially during the pandemic, than what happened in Florida, Texas, and other states. So they're going to have a hard time. And then in 2024, they're going to have to run on their record. And what are we seeing? Because you mentioned earlier when we were on the phone when I was at work, and I mentioned that progressive policies don't work because look what we're seeing. Yeah. You did everything you could to eliminate fossil fuel. So what happened to gas prices? They skyrocket. Yeah. You didn't fix the supply chain. You made you put a lot of hurdles on business. So you have labor shortages. You have um, you're missing like product, baby food formula. All these things play in that these Democrats are going to have to run in. And I asked you, which I think would be a valid question is, I, you said they don't work. And I'm like, but could they work? Is there a way they can maybe force it or almost like shoving a square peg in a round uh -huh. hole? Is there something they can do to make this work? You know I mean, I think, that's, I think that's a valid question because... If it doesn't work, why implement it in the first place? Because they have this ideology, that's the way to go. And right now you're going to see, a, you mentioned a civil war between Florida and Just California. On, on paper. No, I know that. But there's when we talk about civil war, we're talking about fighting back, not armed conflict. Yeah. So everybody knows that. We're not advocating that. But when you talk about a civil war, I think there's going to be a civil war inside the Democratic Party. Because the Democratic Party was pushed over and taken hostage by the progressives. So when they go to the ballot box, or at least the voters do, we've already seen it last year. Glenn Youngkin won in Virginia for a state that won 10 points for Joe Biden only a year ago. Yeah. Phil Murphy in New Jersey almost lost his state by just a percentage point or two. And that state won 16 points for Joe Biden. So... You start fat, and then you have what happened down in South Texas. There was a the first Mexican-born citizen individual. Her husband's a border patrol. And she won in a, a, a district that hadn't voted for a Republican in a hundred years since the eighteen seventies. <laughs> so you're seeing Latino vote support for Biden has dropped to twenty six percent. African Americans is down to sixty seven. Now that may be a lot. For some, but when you routinely get 88 into the 90 percentage, that could be that's going to be a major game changer in districts that typically wouldn't be in play or now in. So I do have a question for you, and actually, you kind of just touched on it. Um, you know where we're talking. Do you think these special elections have any indicator on what we can possibly see in November? Yeah, the big <clears throat> indicator is people are more concerned about inflation gas prices food prices their basic day-to-day business if you go to the grocery store even though inflation's running at eight per eight point six percent the cost of chicken went up well above ten, double digits eggs cheese the basics commodity of life rent went up considerably in some places it's almost inconceivably that you could that your rent, that you can afford rent. Is the bottom going to fall out, though? Well, I'm looking at, I know we had one, the first quarter was negative GDP. 
And the second quarter comes out in about the end of July, around the 26th. And right now, some forecasters, economic forecasters, are saying it's 0% growth. If there's a spurt this month, which we had with energy, which we did, I think it's going to be below negative growth. I think we're going to probably we'll hit two quarters in a row, and technically we're going to be in a recession. If get, not, get those soup cans ready, folks. It's time for a recession. But see, the problem is the president is doing everything he could and doing the wrong thing. Remember when Robert Gates said, and he goes, I like Joe Biden. I think he's a, a good person, but he's been wrong on every foreign policy issue over the last 40 years. Take him as president. Remember last year he said inflation was transitory. Well, it didn't become transitory. It became permanent. It was COVID. Yeah. Then he transitory, said. Yeah. Then he Russia. Said, yeah. Then he said COVID. I'm going to. Not just stop, defeat, we're going to destroy COVID. Well, more people died last year than ever before. He missed the two COVID variants. And it's all these things that play up into why his negative approval. But the biggest reason is fuel. So Biden always has a saying that says, I didn't see it coming. We couldn't predict this and stuff like that. And I do want to get back into that in a second. But I wanted to just go back a little bit. In regards to Biden is doing a lot to try to, I guess, gain maybe a little bit more footing when it comes to the race coming in 2022. He's actually calling out gas stations or owners of gas stations, telling them to bring the cost down because he's accusing them of gouging us. Correct. And I read his I read his national address to the country last last night or yesterday afternoon. And you're right. He's blaming the oil companies and he's blaming the gas station operators, and he's putting the blame on the spike hike on Putin's war in Ukraine, even though energy was rising really fast last year. And remember, people need to understand, twice at the end of last year in November and December, he tapped into into the strategic petroleum reserve. Yeah, they're trying real hard to get these gas prices down because they know that's going to really well, affect them in the polls. But no, but President Obama made a comment once. He oh, told yeah. Joe. He goes, my poll numbers are directly related to where gas prices are going. And I just think President Biden, one, doesn't philosophically understand how energy is done. The prices are set on a worldwide market. When you do, and we mentioned this afternoon when I talked to you on the phone, when you said, could, could, his, could their policies work? And I go, no, when you do everything to restrict American energy, you put crippling re regulations on them. You help them. You stop them from getting any type of capital. And then you restrict pipelines. And this is what you get. What kind of message is it sending to gas companies or refineries in general to say, oh, we're going to we're trying to eliminate you completely. But for right now, hey, do us a solid. Is that? Yeah, it's not going to work because they're looking at they're not looking at November, the energy companies. They're looking five, ten years out. Yeah. There's no way, there's no incentive for them to invest millions of dollars into a project. Let's say like Keystone. We're not going to invest millions of dollars into, into this. It's just not going to happen because look what happened to Keystone. They pulled the plug and then all of a sudden they lost all their investments. So from a Beach Baby, yeah, Beach Baby 22. Oh, I think it might be Mad Marine. I don't know yet. It says Biden believes that representative or that 
as I guess reprieving from Pre- yeah reprieve from the gas tax will help. I disagree. Your thoughts? And just going by what you said, this is from the the let's see, was it called the Committee for Response of Federal Federal Budget said it would have it would not have an effect and would also cause more inflation because energy being refined it's at a, it's at its breaking point now. We're at full capacity. This will get more people to mind, buy more gas, which would send inflation up higher. And even economists like Larry Summers, who was the Treasury Secretary for Bill Clinton, Jason Furman, who was an economic advisor to Barack Obama. Then you have um, uh, what is it, Paul Krugman, a New York Times uh, Pulitzer Prize in economics said this is all a gimmick. It wouldn't do much to give us a repeat from it. And if it did, it's only like a dollar or two. It's so, not going to give much help. So from eliminating this gas tax, that's going to put more money in. So are we going to see maybe an increase in, of inflation due to this as well, if he does yeah, that? You are. And then you okay. also have to look at the gas tax goes to fund the highway trust fund that that builds, repairs the bridge, roads, and highways. Now, the president stated that we can take other money, like from COVID, and roll it over. But I did... I just, I don't see it. I just think this is going to be a disaster in the making. And I heard another thing, just to kind of back it up, because I know you're the man of facts, is that he said that since we decreased the deficit by a trillion dollars is why we can do this. Did he decrease the deficit? It's misleading. Okay. The deficit came down, not because anything Joe Biden did. This is money that we're not spending from COVID relief. So basically... He's touting the money that's not going to COVID reliefs. Now, Beach was a Beach Baby 226 made a comment again. Says, then why is he pushing for it? I think he's pushing for it because he wants to be seen as doing something. And he can say, I'm doing something. But what he's doing isn't going to work. And then... Get that red diesel out. Yeah. yeah. Someone oh, else yeah. tied in. Was it Ivan? Four case Redbird says, POTUS, I'd be recommending a three-month suspension of the Fed gas tax. I think the biggest thing he needs to do is tell the energy companies that we're going to do everything to help you get more energy to the market. Now, I think it's this end of this week or today, the secretary of Granholm was supposed to be meeting with the energy executives in the Department of Energy's building. President Biden is not meeting with them. So if he was serious about reducing the price of energy, he would go up to him. You're meeting in the White House and the... The PI, the Association of Petroleum Institute, sent him a 10-page document last week about here are 10 things we need to do to get us energy independent, and he rejected it outright. Then the very next day, he sends a blistering letter calling him unpatriotic. But it's interesting, next month, President Biden goes to Saudi Arabia begging them to produce more oil. Hold and on. Remember, he's not, he said he's not going there for that. He said he's going there for national security oh yeah. reasons. But the real reason he's sure. going there, he's going to meet with the Saudis, tell them to increase production. And remember, Russia also caucuses with OPEC. And then he sent a national security team, I think in May or April, to Venezuela to encourage them to increase oil production to the United States. So we want the dirty oil from these countries instead of the clean oil and energy for America, which creates energy jobs here. So Bad Baby did kind of chime back with Ivan saying that then the people are going to be taxed elsewhere. What do you think about that? Well, I would have to see how that is. People are always going to be taxed elsewhere. 
But it, the same thing, and Ivan Redbird, he said the letter he sent was initially, this was after but the... That was for the states, though. He was telling the, the states to take, take the tax off, too. Yeah, but again, that money that the states use, that goes into their highway trust fund as well. So what replaces that? And then what happens in September? When you take 18 cents, are you going to reinstate it again when everybody got used to it at this amount? At some point, that's not the answer. That's a gimmick, as these other economists said. The biggest way to do it is become energy independent, figure it out, do an operation warp speed to get energy to the pumps and drive down the cost of energy. And the biggest thing that they keep pushing these electric vehicles I looked it up. The average electric vehicle costs a little over about fifty-two to $53,000 each. The average salary of an, for Americans is probably around 51000 How many people can afford a fifty-two dollars to $53,000 vehicle? And then when you charge, when you plug it in, you need energy to get that electricity. Where are you getting that when you're eliminating natural gas? You're eliminating a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. In Germany which is utilizes far more uh, g- green technology than the United States, they finally had to transition over to coal to meet its energy needs so they're not taking this energy from Russia. So I did kind of like halfway through was talking about things that our president said he didn't see coming, but you know of a few things that are coming. You are a busy man. You do have a full-time job and you're able to do this research. What are some things that are on the horizon that should be paying, be should have been, that should be, people should be paying attention to now that when the time does come and the president's like, oh, I didn't, we didn't see this happen, we didn't see this was going to happen. What are some of the things that you see out there, John? Well, the first thing is on the 30th of June, the Longshoreman contract expires. Now, so far, the Longshoremen Union said they're going to operate without a contract. But every time their contract expired, they went on strike. And this is the Longshoremen on the West Coast. I think it's the International Longshoremen on the West Coast. I think that's what it's titled. And then, at the same time, the railroad unions are going through a very tough negotiation with the railroad companies. And... um, President Biden has sent a, a mediating team to mediate between the both sides. And one of the key sticking points, for, at least for the unions, in the, for the longshoremen, is automation. The World Bank listed all the top port, ports in the world, and the United States is listed as the top um, exporter and importer, but we're not even in the top 50 as the most efficient ports. Our ports are not efficient at all which costs money, raises the cost of consumers. Then for the unions on the, rail, the railroad worker unions, they want a pay raise, but they want a pay raise above what inflation is. So if inflation is 8.6%, they will probably want 9 or 10% increase to offset what they're losing in um, inflation. So these are tough times, but nobody's talking about these two issues. So we'll have to see at the end of next week since Friday of next Friday is July 1st and we'll see what happens after that. Now are we going to find out we find out about a recession at the end of July right? We'll find out if we're technically we'll be in a recession if we have another quarter of negative growth. It's usually two quarters of negative growth you're technically in a recession. 
And I know the president doesn't want to hear it, but because of the cost, everything, everybody pays more. If you look at a business, I mean, I go to every now and then when I get a Ford, I go to a restaurant. I always ask them, what's it like here? They're facing labor shortages. They're facing supply chain shortages. They can't get the, the equipment they need, the spare parts. That's like the energy sector. When the president says that we can, they have all these permits. Well, you still need labor. They got labor shortage. You still need spare parts. You still need equipment. They can't get all these things. And it's so cost prohibitive. And I know one thing about the, some people think we can transition over to green technology or hybrid or electric cars now. The infrastructure isn't set up. I'm not saying we just, it's all drilling. You need to invest in wind and solar as alternative energy. That can be part of the energy grid, but it can never be the primary source. The infrastructure isn't set up. Think about your homes, your place of business. I live in an apartment. That apartment isn't set up for that. If it did, your rent was dramatically go up. <clears throat> So, John, before we sign off, I'd like to see Ray. Why don't you go ahead and throw it out there? Because you're like the Second Amendment expert here. You're really our go-to, John and I, especially, and you have the passion for guns. And why don't you go ahead and let them know how they can maybe get a hold of you in case they want what their guns worked on, or even just reach out, give you a question about what's going on in the current state of the, uh, you know, of where the Second Amendment stands. Yeah, so my email is raymond.aags at gmail.com, and I'm free to talk about any sort of service for firearms, anything you want to talk about law-related about the Second Amendment, or actually what it actually means, because I feel like a lot of people really don't actually understand the Second Amendment. All right, and John, why don't you go ahead and tell them how they can get a hold of you? And you can get a hold of us by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. You can go to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, type in Ubaldi Reports. The same thing with TikTok. You can go to TikTok, type in Ubaldi Reports, and we were there. And on YouTube at Ubaldi Reports from there. And then as we expand this, we're trying to get, once we get everything dialed in, then we can start bringing in experts on different topics, and that can enhance at least ask some questions of leading experts in the field, whether foreign policy or domestically on any topic and get an answer and go from there. Just be, keep you a better informed. All right. So everybody have a great day and we will talk to you soon. All right. And keep following and listening to Ubaldi reports.